Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Dr. Jaime Cabrera-Dagosa, your host, and I'm so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the inner unicorn in you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, we have a stress management and historical trauma specialist on a mission to empower healing and transformation. Through trauma-trained and yoga-informed addiction recovery coaching, ancestral clearing, compassionate inquiry, and yoga, she helps individuals navigate their healing journey. Having triumphed over 40 years of chronic pain, anxiety, and addiction, she's dedicated to guiding others towards their own path to wellness. Get ready to embark on an inspiring and transformative conversation with the remarkable Elizabeth Kipp. Thank you so much for that introduction, Jamie. There's a lot in there that I want to unpack. So why don't we just uh, talk a little bit about what kind of inspired you to get into this field of work? Oh, I lived in chronic physical and emotional pain for more than 40 years. And the doctors, they didn't have an answer until the very last one that I found about 10 years ago. He had an answer, but all the other ones really uh, said, you will be in level seven out of 10 pain for the rest of your life, 24 seven, and you will be in a wheelchair when you're 40. And I had a science background. So I, I did bow to the doctors because that's their area and it's not my area, but I did understand uh, from those pronouncements that there was some information missing. Scientific paradigms shift. And they were trained in a certain scientific paradigm. And I knew that. Like an example of a paradigm shifting is we used to think the earth was flat, right? And we got into space and we found it is, is round. Even the flat earth society is going to have a hard time with that, that those images, right? Uh, also, we never understood plate tectonics before, that, you know, until we understood them, right? And so all of a sudden, our understanding of kind of, how the continents formed and you know how all that it completely changed. So that's just an example. Also, there was Newtonian physics and then there was quantum physics. That completely changed everything, right? We didn't have cell phones and now we do. And that completely changed everything. So we we go through these changes. So I had this basic understanding. And and I also felt after some consideration that they were telling me more about the limitations of their the model that they were working under in terms of the their healing ability than they were telling me about the human's bodies, the body's ability to heal. They were telling me more about the limitation of their model than they were telling me about me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I knew I was going to have to go other places. I was going to have to go beyond the scientific framework for my healing. We heal in the all that is. We live in the all that is, right? Science lives in the part that we can, it can observe, measure, and describe. But we live and we heal in the all that is, not just in the sciencey part. And, and the sciencey part is important, but it's not the only piece mm-hmm. was a saving grace for me. That's what kept me looking. And finally, I found a doctor who um, was able to really understood the nature of chronic pain. And for the audience, chronic pain is any pain that's felt 15 days out of 30 for three months or more. Any pain, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, it doesn't matter. It all sends the same signal to the brain. It hurts. 
So the brain can't tell the difference between a broken bone and a broken heart. Yeah, chronic pain is bigger than what usually people think of. Anyway, this doctor, final doctor, Dr. Peter Prescott, who wrote a book called Contra Chronic Pain, an Innovative Mind-Body Approach, um, he really understood the nature of chronic pain, and he understood the changes that happen in the brain when chronic pain occurs versus like acute pain is very short acting. Chronic pain mm -hmm. is this longer acting thing, and it actually changes the way the brain perceives the pain signal and kind of life in general. He understood that, and he helped. He taught me modalities to help me heal the changes that had occurred in my brain because of the chronic pain. I remember being, as I had four surgeries to try and um, stabilize a, um, a, a a broken and slipped bone in the base of my spine. Um, and I remember that was partway through my journey before I met Dr. Prescott. And I remember a nurse coming into my room. Uh, one day and helping me and on her way out and it was she was so wonderful and she was so helpful and I remember saying to myself when I get out not when I not if I'll heal when I heal I hope I can give one iota back relative to all the stuff all everything that people gave me so I I really wanted to give back if when I healed and so that's how I got into this work that's a long wow, story, but, but that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing story. And it takes a lot for one not to just accept what that this isn't this is my life. This is gonna be the end. And you did a lot of self-discovery, you did a lot of research, and a lot of people won't do that. They will just take it as is and then they'll take the doctor's word for it. And this is the life I have to live. I'm just gonna have to live with this pain and suffering for the rest of my life. And you did more. You like searched out and you got creative and you thought outside of the box to really find solutions that most people wouldn't find because they'll just take everything at face value. I love that you said that. And that's very true. And that, here's the problem with that. That's actually a quality of chronic pain. That's actually a quality. The, our emotional center gets affected and we get a real negative bias. And that negative bias, we already have a little bit of a negative bias normally, but when we get in chronic pain, we get a much more profound level of negativity, and that negativity turns into hopelessness. So it's really important. It's really important to be in connection with other people that are in this space that are healing mm -hmm. and to get with people that have actually healed from it and to really understand, to really understand what chronic pain actually is. And incidentally, chronic stress is a chronic pain, is also chronic pain. So it's a kind of subset of chronic pain. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a, an aspect of, of chronic pain. I was lucky, my husband, who's now my ex-husband, but my husband at the time was also a scientist. And we really did understand that we were pushing up against limitations of known science at the time, at least with the people that we were exposed to and the information we were exposed to, and we just kept pushing and pushing. And that, that was, it wasn't just me. I had help. Just so, just to be really clear about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, and most of the things that we do, we usually have someone that's supporting us and we have like our peer group. I, I call them my unicorn clan to help us through the tough times. And something that you said earlier, just really stuck with me that your mind 
can cause the same type. You said a heartbreak can cause the same pain as like chronic pain. It just really goes to show how powerful your mind is and how your mind can create or alleviate certain pain in your body. Let's be really clear here for a second and differentiate the brain from the mind. Okay. <laughs> we could get into a whole podcast about that particular <laughs> thing, but the, the brain is this machine that's constantly interpreting and I feel, and it's got a, it's got a, it's got a place. The the brain in the head, that brain. There's the heart brain, and there's the gut brain. And you can't. Here's the thing. And this was one of the reasons why I was with so many doctors for so long, because they had this point of view. They kept looking at my back. They weren't looking at the whole person, and they kept looking at the physical pain that I was dealing with. They weren't looking at any other aspect of my life. They weren't particularly interested in that. They didn't even ask about my history of, of child abuse and trauma and unhealed, a bunch of unhealed stuff in my life. There was no inqu inquiry about that until I met Dr. Priscop. And he started, he didn't even want to look at my x-rays. <laughs> he wasn't interested in that. He wanted to know who I was. And I was, he asked me that question. I'm like, who are you? And where have you been all my <laughs> <laughs> so this thing about the brain and the mind and all that, you can't really, it's all one. Mm -hmm. We can't separate the mind body from the spirit. But the interesting thing about chronic pain is if you took my x-rays, which look, I've got a bunch of hardware on my back and I've got a displaced bone and so forth. And they look scary, known to the, un, to the people that don't understand that. A doctor could see those x-rays and he would have three different patients present with x-rays like mine. One, a person, one patient who's in pain all the time. Another one who's in pain only when they're stressed. And another one who's not in pain at all. How do you explain that by just looking at the x-rays? You can't. Mm. See? So mind, body, and spirit, one. And we're getting to the point now in Western medicine where it's beginning to get integrated on the edges. It's on the edge of the paradigm, but it's still there where we're getting integrated approaches to, to illness. And that's another thing I really like to bring in. You've touched on a, a really important thing. Mind, brain, mindset. Really, the nervous system drives everything. There's a hierarchy to healing. There's the nervous system, and is it regulated or not? Is it all nervous and tense or not? And then the second part of that hierarchy is, do I have a sense of belonging? Mm. Do I have a sense of uh, belonging to myself? Do I have a sense of belonging to someone else, to the world, to a higher power kind of thing? That's second. Third, then you can reason. Then you can talk to the mind. What's interesting is, the mind follows the nervous system. Mm -hmm. The mind follows the nervous system. So if you've got a dysregulated, tense, hypervigilant nervous system, which I had for years, the mind is going to be all over the place. Lots of chaos in the brain, which is a, a, a characteristic of, of chronic pain. Mm -hmm. So we do everything we can to calm the nervous system first. And then, the, and the mind follows. So there's this beautiful, there's a hierarchy there, but one affects the other. As soon as you start to calm the nervous system, boom, the mind gets on board. It's cool. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, it completely makes sense. And I completely agree with you. I'm, I, like my coaching method is to always focus on the eight sections of wellness. So really focus, where are you in the eight different dimensions of your life and see, is there any pain points in those? So it's similar in that aspect, but you get further into the, into that. You get a lot more deeper. So let's say that a client comes with you and they're going through suffering, like they're going through extreme trauma, extreme pain. Like how would you work with them? I would send them to a solo therapist because mm. I'm a coach. I'm not mm -hmm. a therapist. If that's it's that if that's where their space is, I'd recommend them. <laughs> right? I'm yes. I'm the one. My job is to I'm a beautiful support person uh, for that client who's going to a toilet therapist and sees them once a week and they want to see me in the middle. That's perfect. That's who I am. I'm your girl for that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I love that answer. Because a lot of people think that. You can just go to a coach to to do everything, but there's certain limitations to every practice. And I think that there's something that you said was beautiful is you have to work in partnership with these individuals. You're supposed to aid each other. So if you're working with the therapist to handle the very deep rooted stuff, and then you work with the coach to, ha to handle maybe the techniques that they're giving you or more managing everything else. So describe like what are the, the practice that you would do with them, let's say from start or describe the clients that would be working with you. When I get a new client, pretty much nowadays, just because of my training, <clears throat> when I get in front of anybody, the first thing I, I naturally do is assess the, the state of their nervous system, right? I said, the, the first thing we have to do is regulate. <clears throat> that helps me see if, if they're regulated, if they know how to self-regulate, or if I need to bring in techniques to help co-regulate with them. That which you and I are doing that right now. Our nervous systems are talking to one another. Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're assessing one another to see if we're safe, and we we do feel safe with one another. We can tell from the 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 rate of the words, the pitch of the words, and the little bit of melody. Those are all sig also I signal, right? When you're working with somebody with trauma, you can engage them head on, and but you don't keep your eyes there. That can be conceived, con con construed as a threat. So you mm. look at them and then you turn the eyes slightly away so that they feel you know, they're not threatened. There's a lot of signals that the organism picks up um, around facial expression, vocal tone, and what's happening with the eyes and also the movement of the body. Um, we take cues from one another that way. I know you're familiar with that. So the first thing I do is I assess the nervous system. I normally start with about three minutes of alternate nostril breathing, which is a slow breathing technique that helps to balance the hem two hemispheres of the brain and calm the emotions, balance the emotions so that we start out a little bit closer to, to, to neutral. And then I reassess again to see after we've done three minutes of that to see where the client is in terms of, are they still feeling um, ungrounded? Um, we'll, I'll keep working with them. Um, the point really is to get them an experience of ease in their body and their nervous system right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Then they're like, oh, I'm safe. You, you can't do anything with anybody unless they actually feel safe in the moment. So that's where I start. Uh, once I get that, I, I'll listen to them for about five minutes. I don't like them being identified with their story, but they do need to 
speak their truth. And I, it gives me an idea. And then I usually take them into an ancestral clearing. I do that all in the first session, the first 50 minute session. Oh, well. The reason I'm not going to ancestral work is because we come into this life with the gifts and the burdens of our ancestors. And those burdens, which are really unresolved issues that come in as information, uh, as a kind of an energetic frequency, if you will, they come in and they're in the nervous system, they're in the mind, body, spirit system, and they can, metaphorically speaking, they can cloud our lenses. So that we come in with this is we came in with glasses, our, our glasses are clouded by these unresolved issues. And when we do the clearing work and ancestral clearing is one way, Kundalini yoga is another. There's, there are many other ways to do clearings, Reiki. There's all different kinds of ways to, to clear this stuff. But when we do the clearing, um, all of a sudden we've got clear glasses and we're like, oh, now I'm on mission and now I can get my unicorn on. <laughs> this is the thing. We want to get the nervous system regulated and clear the burden that we came in with. And the burden that we came in with or the burden from the past in this lifetime, any burden from the past that we're still carrying, boom. And then we can actually step in to who we came here to be. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. And there's a lot of things that we have to heal. And we go through different people, different practitioners or different coaches to really help us with the whole healing process. I We've all gone through several things from birth, before birth <laughs> to now. And every day we still go through different types of traumas, whether it be minor or a little bit more major. And what you said is something that I've learned through my one of my friends. She does the hist remind me the the phrase that you said. The oh, there's a historical drama, but it's ancestral. Ancestral, uh, the ancestral clearing is what it is. Ancestral healing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So she did. She went through a coach that helped her with that, and she felt amazing afterwards. It was a completely different person. She was very tense. It was like she had a whole personality shift. So, talk a little bit about that. I know that's not something that is mentioned very often. Oh yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I have this science background, so I'm a geek. I, if you come to me with woo. You better bring a grounded action step with it, or it's just gonna whoop, it's just gonna go right by me. That's just the nature of me. <laughs> so I experienced ancestral clearing the first time without knowing what was coming. I just mm. I was in the pain management program. I had all this pain. There were 20 other people in the room. Um, this man just took us through a process and it was like Okay, I just felt my pain disappear, whereas it went from an eight to a two, and it was just like that. And I and everyone else in the room had a, a similar experience. And here with my science hat on, I'm like, okay, well, something just happened in this room. Mm -hmm. What is it? And is it measurable? And can he repeat it? And is it? Does he teach it? <laughs> and all those things were yes. <laughs> and I was I I experienced something, but I wanted to know. Give me the science. That's what I wanted, right? So it turns out that Rachel Yehuda has done a lot of work. Oh, and she's not the only one, but she's the work that she's done is amazing. And there are others has, has done a lot of work on comparing people that were people that are descendants of Holocaust victims with other people in the Jewish population. Hmm. And she discovered that people that had been exposed 
to the Holocaust, even several generations removed, have different stress responses than the normal population. Right now, that sounds logical, but give me the science and I'm there, right? I need mm -hmm. to have some, I want to have, that's just, it's a part of me. It's a part of me that like loves the mystery too. So that's just, there's a part of me that's very sciencey. And there's a part of me that has a foot in the spiritual and is completely loves the mystery and I'll never know. And that's okay. <laughs> but I like to have both. And so there's spiritual teachers have been telling us for thousands of years that we come into this life with the gifts and the burdens of our ancestors. Like I said earlier, science has actually been able to measure seven generations front and back. Now, that's from the Newtonian point of view that space <laughs> from a quantum point of view in the present moment quantum physics tells us that we can access past present and future all at once and there's no limitation on oh it's only seven generations of the past no in quantum physics it's the past <laughs> and the yeah. future and the present and it's all one right so in ancestral clearing we're using the we're leveraging the present moment to access the past and the future but the past to help us release that which no longer serves us and we're mm -hmm. actually this is where it gets spiritual we're actually calling on the source of all that is god higher power creator whatever you want to call that energy consciousness uh, we're calling on that to help us release that which no longer serves us and we call that forgiveness, forgiveness, offering up that which no longer serves us. In Ancestral Clearing, which is a trademarked and registered modality by John Newton of Health Beyond Belief. I'm one of his practitioners. He teaches it. There's only one person on the planet that teaches this process. John teaches it. I'm one of his practitioners. I've been doing this for a little over nine years. Oh, wow. And there are five different techniques within Ancestral Clearing, and I can share one of them with you, if you okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably take us, it'll probably take me about three or four minutes to okay. take you through a process, but everyone will be able to get an experience of this and, uh, and just notice how you feel. So everyone listening to this, <laughs> the replay is just as powerful as the live, because again, we're in the quantum field, present moment, past, present, future, all at once. Just notice whatever sensation you're feeling in the body and breathe normally and just let these words just flow right over you. Infinite creator, all that you are, source of all that is, was, and ever will be. We ask humbly and gratefully that you help everyone listening to this and all of their relationships, all their ancestors and all of their relationships throughout all relevant time, space, dimension, realms, lifetimes, and incarnations. For all the times they felt let down by life, by family members, by relationships, by anyone representing the Creator. For any time they felt let down by the Creator in any name or form. For any time they turned their back on the Creator or they felt the Creator turned their back, it's back on them. Please help them all to forgive each other and forgive themselves for all that happened. Please and thank you for all the times you weren't nurtured, loved, supported, and cherished. Please help all of you to forgive one another and forgive yourselves for the times you didn't nurture, love, and support others in the ways they needed. For any time you were out of integrity with one another or another out of integrity with you. 
Please help all of you to forgive and release one another. Forgive and release yourselves and find peace with one another and find peace with yourselves. Please and thank you for all war, battle, Holocaust, genocide, persecution, slavery, injustice of any kind, any misuse of power, position, authority, politically, spiritually, medically, or in any other way, for any misuse of the power of the word. Please help everyone involved to forgive each other, forgive yourselves now and forever. Please and thank you. For all hurts and wrongs, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual, financial, through thought, word, or action. All of you to another and another to all of you. Please help you forgive yourselves, forgive one another. For the highest good, please and thank you. For all suicide, incest, murder, rape, abortion, infidelity, miscarriage, all of it. Everyone involved directly or indirectly. For all that happened and all you made it mean. Please help you all to forgive and release one another. Forgive and release yourselves. For the highest good, please and thank you. For all the hurts and wrongs to the earth and life of the earth, Native, Indigenous, First Nation, and Aboriginal people, please help all of you to forgive one another and forgive yourselves. Be at peace with one another and at peace with yourselves. Please and thank you. For any time you believe, felt, or shown you weren't enough. For the times you tried to earn or learn your way into the value of your relationships, your family, or into the grace and love of the Creator. For all that led up to this, please help all of you to forgive one another and forgive yourselves. Be at peace with one another and at peace with yourselves, please. For all empathic hurts and wrongs, times you took on others' unresolved issues or shouldered their burdens. For all adversity, struggle, and hardship you took on, especially as children. Please help all of you to forgive each other and forgive yourselves. All family members' relationships, times this was done to you and times that you did this to others. Please and thank you, Infinite Creator, all that you are, please. For the times you weren't shown or encouraged to stand up, speak up, and do things your way. For the times you didn't feel safe to say no when appropriate. Please help all of you to forgive parents, family members, and relationships. Help them all forgive you. Help you all forgive yourselves, please. For the times you were attacked, blamed, judged, and misunderstood. The times you did this to others. Please help all of you to forgive each other, forgive yourselves, now and forever. Please and thank you. For all hurts and wrongs, anything we could have inferred had it served the highest good, we infer it now. For all that happened and all you made it mean, everything that led up to hurts, wrongs, a limitation, burden of any kind that's not serving the highest good. We ask all of you, everyone involved, to forgive your parents, grandparents, siblings, children, grandchildren. Help them all forgive you and help you all forgive yourselves. Please and thank you. Help you forgive your lovers, spouses' lovers, parents' lovers. Help them forgive you and help you all forgive yourselves. Please and thank you. Your whole family and lineage. Help you forgive your aunts, uncles, cousins, step-in-laws, hidden secret foster adopted, and all other significant people, beings, family members, relationships, role models, and authority figures. Help them all forgive you and help you all forgive yourselves. Please and thank you. Infinite creator, all that you truly are, please and thank you for the highest Please lift out all weight, pain, birth, sin, death, debt, negativity, limitations, spells, hexes, curses, white magic, black magic, real or imagined. Lift them into your heavens. Transform it into your love and let your love flow back into them, all of them, giving you complete and total empowerment, integrity, peace, and love. Please and thank you. 
please and thank you. Please and thank you. Take a breath in and let it out and just notice how that feels in the body. That was a deep statement. Covers a lot of bases. Yeah, it does. It does. And it really gets you to really reflect on what you're going through. I think it's very, it really goes extensive on like several different things that a person can potentially go through. And, and and it does help you reflect. I had you, you had me think of several things during that process, just like things that I've gone through, things that I've, I'm currently going through and just really ask myself if it was, do I, should, am I still holding on to this? Have I let go? So it was very powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So that's one of five techniques that we use in a, in a session on a one-on-one session or even a group session. We zero in on a person, whether they let us know what their specific issue is, and then we help them release it. And it's all, again, because we're leveraging the present moment, the information's right here in the field Mm -hmm. about what's happening with that person in the moment. And my job, really, I'm, I'm not doing the healing. Creator's doing the healing. I'm just really holding space and, and kind of a little bit of a director there, uh, directing the energy, um, encouraging to go one way or the other, uh, helping the client hopefully stay present. That's the work. I just found it, um, I, I've just found it to be um, so profound. We call it, um, it's simple, but it's profoundly simple. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You're welcome. My pleasure. (laughs) Switching a little bit into a different topic. The whole premise of this season is transitions. And you've gone through several transitions in your life where you've learned different techniques that have aided you throughout your journey. What would you say would be the most surprising aspect of your journey so far? I think the most surprising, profound, I think, the pivot that I did. I was raised... If you can imagine, when I was a child, every time, and I was playing outside and with other children or whatever, and any time any of us got bumped into one another or got hurt, the adults would rush into the area and they would just, they would do whatever they could to make the pain go away. So mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the subtext there? Pain is bad. We're at war with pain. That's mm-hmm. not Second thing is, I learned to look outside of myself for the healing. The doctor, the, the nurse, mm-hmm. <laughs> you go to this, go here, go there for you have a something's wrong with you, go somewhere else. And I, I really feel uh, that perhaps like the most profound teaching that I had, that I came upon in my journey to find an answer to chronic pain was that the greatest healer in my life lives in me. Mm. Doctors can stitch up a wound and set a bone, but they can't tell the body how to heal. Mm-hmm. I had to discover that. Nobody said that to me. <laughs> like, I had to figure that out. So that was huge for me because all of a sudden I realized, oh, I'm not completely a victim to this experience I'm having. So. At this point in my life, I give 80%, sorry, 20% of all the healing responsibility for my healing I give to the entire world, medical, health world, whatever kind of healers, 20%. The other 80% is between me and God, me and that innate intelligence that lives inside me. 
God energy, right? That whatever that is, right? So the 20% can tell me, um, give me the guidelines to help support the mind, body, spirit system while it heals. But it's up to me to apply that in a way that, that feels, oh, this is a good idea. And then get out of the way and let the healing process happen. Not rush it, just allow it to be. That, there was a, that, that what I just said there was a huge lesson for me. Huge. Mm. And I had to figure that out for myself. Doctors didn't tell me that. That was something that just came along through trial and error and trial and error. And there it was. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that, that's what it was for me. No, yeah, that's very powerful. And it's a very powerful lesson that it takes, not everybody learns. It took me a long time to know that I am my own limitation mm. to healing. Like I, if I don't want to heal, I most likely won't. Like I'm going to be in my own way. And letting go of things and being able to just lean into yourself, trust yourself. And being able to talk to yourself, that reflection is super powerful. You have to be able to do it. You can't expect other people to come in and put a band, like you said, put a bandaid on it and make everything feel better. Because even if you're not in the mindset of I'm going to feel better, you're not. We believe in our limitations. When are we going to believe in ourselves instead of them? Instead exactly. of our limitations, right? It's a, so that's a huge pivot right there. And I have to say, though, I think it's important that we that we do what we can to be in community with other people that are in that are doing the healing work, uh, because otherwise we can be isolated and 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 a little bit up in the mind and, and get lost mm -hmm. in all of that. I think we're going crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, especially when we if let's say you with your family members or your friends aren't really in that mind space and they're not ready to do that negativity that they're the way that they are. As much as we say that we're not going to let other people influence us, they do. The people around us shape the, pe the person who we are. And you have to be able to expose yourself with people that are willing to be in the same path that you're in. Yeah, at least in the healing space that they're interested in, in, in the, heal the healing conversation. Mm -hmm. it's, it's Again, it's in the hierarchy of healing, that regulation and that feeling of belonging. is so important. We need to feel like we belong within ourselves. And we belong with others. And that's just very helpful in the healing space. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And they, there's a teaching in the yogic space. Consciousness is caught. Hmm. So you just spoke to that. When I'm, I, I can say that I'm not going to be affected. Yet when I get around people that are doubting, that, that doubt themselves and, and have a negative mindset, I feel I can feel the energy of that. Now, it's up, up to us to really do the the inner work to stay grounded and centered, even in the space of, in the, in the face of that. But we do, we do feel it. And then when we're in a room where the people are more uplifting and they're, they're, they, they, they've just got a different, maybe they're feeling a lot of gratitude. That's a completely different energy. We feel that too. Yeah, I completely agree. It's something that takes time and it takes a lot of patience and knowledge to really, really understand that everything around you does affect you and the what's inside you affects you. So it's, it's a process. Definitely a process. <laughs> a process. You know, we can't rush it. I mentioned mm -hmm. that before. We have to get out of the way and not try and push. We just let it be. Accept this is where I am. Breathe. Be grateful. That kind of thing. Uh, that's going to help a lot more. The, when, I try and, when I try and push the, the river, 
it's mm-hmm. going to just do nothing but push back on me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and now we're in the period and the time of the podcast where I'm going to ask you the last question. So when it comes to people trying to tap into the inner, inner unicorn, what is one factor that you think people should focus on or should start doing to begin the process? Yeah. Meditate. Mm. Learn how to meditate. It's actually the most natural thing that we do. The being. Just be still, be quiet. Now, when you're holding a lot of trauma, when you're holding the effects of trauma, and it's unresolved in the system, it, it can be difficult and even threatening to sit still because that's an immobilization response. I, when I have people like that, I don't put them in that space. I'll, I'll have them do a little bit of movement, like a mantra, and I'll have them do a little bit of movement, but it's still a meditation to help calm the mind. So we're regulating the nervous system. We're feeling co-regulation, feel a sense of connection, and we're calming the mind. And as you calm the mind, then you can tap into your intuition. You see who you really are, and you can really drop in there to that space of this is where I, this is who I came to be on this planet. This is my mission. Oh, I see it. But when we've got all this chaos in the brain, we can't do that. The mind needs to be calm. Yeah, that's where I would start people. And that's really the most important. Certainly in chronic stress and chronic pain, the most important um, modality is to meditate because it helps calm the mind. It helps heal those changes those that, that make chaos in the brain. It heals that so that it's calm. Yeah. So it has this double thing. It helps you heal and it also helps you see who you really are. I love that. And I love meditation. It's such a good way to like reset, especially if you're having such a hard week or a hard day or even a hard moment. It's a really good reset of where we're at. Yeah, it gets us back into our true self, into this moment instead of that moment or that moment. (laughs) (laughs) We forgot what moment we're even in. Exactly. This has been such an amazing experience. And thank you so much for having this conversation and teaching us so much. I feel like it was a lot that you've taught in like a 30 minute session. (laughs) If somebody wants to get in contact with you or work with you, how can they do? Oh, yes. They can reach me at my website, which is elizabeth-kip.com. You have to put a dash in between my first and last name because Elizabeth Kip is a dot com is a web designer and a photographer and she's amazing but she's not me so elizabeth dash kip.com i'm all over social media as well you can find me you can book a session to my website or send me an email i'm I'm available and thank you for asking perfect awesome so i'll make sure to put all these links in the show notes and then you can also go to my website, I will have a unicorn wall of fame where Elizabeth Kip will be posted on there as one of my guests on the podcast. So you could always check out her bio there. And uh, for listeners, episodes come out every Friday at 7 a.m. And if you haven't done so, leave us a five-star review so this content can be pushed out to several other people and help as many people as possible. Elizabeth, thank you so much for everything. This has been such an amazing conversation. Oh, thank you so much, Jamie. It's my honor. <laughs> thank you. And for everyone, I hope everyone has 
a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. I truly appreciate you listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on your favorite platform. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. Until next time, this is Dr. Jaime Gabriel Regoza signing off.